Wonderful. Welcome, Arma. Thank you. Thank you. How are you guys? Thank God. No complaints. All right. So I think uh, we are officially live and we're four minutes in, which is typically when we like to get started. So I'll just go ahead and get us started. Uh, first of all, welcome everybody back to our sixth episode. I uh, can't believe we're here already and we're still in quarantine. Uh, uh, but nonetheless, we got one of the best minds in real estate and uh, Parma is extremely, extremely busy and he's uh, taken the time to join us today and, and share a little bit about uh, his story and success. So I want to personally uh, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open it at the end for questions. So as you guys think of any questions, feel free to write them down. And then we'll just go ahead and get started with some questions here. Uh, Harma, I know that you got started, if I'm not mistaken, around 2002 or so, uh, roughly when I got started in the uh, lending side of the business. Um, I, I wanted to, to maybe ask you to share, like, leading up to you getting into real estate, your story and, you know, what caused you to really get involved in real estate? First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I wouldn't call myself the best um, out there. I'm still learning. So, but I appreciate you asking me to be on this um, amazing journey. I started real estate was not a choice. It was as a necessity. I had to do something to survive. I had, um, when I started, it was only two years I was, um, in California, I moved from another country just two years before that, and I thought I would be a dentist. And I had to get a job. I was an assistant to a broker, and my career started then. And then I realized, uh, why would I want to go to school for seven years to impress my mom or my aunt when I can do real estate um, and be like my broker, who used to be my mentor? And the journey started then and I never thought then I will own a real estate company or I will have an impact on other people's lives. I didn't know. I just knew that um, I want to grow. And I, I was lucky enough that my uh, cousin was a dentist and second cousin and I saw her, how hard she worked and I, I think as a real estate agent, we harder we work to result is so much bigger than as a dentist. You only have certain hours a day and you can't see more patients. So I'm glad I'm not a dentist. I have a good one now, obviously my cousin, but I will be honest with you. This real estate is only thing I know. I just, it wasn't a lot of people say I, I love homes and that's why I'm getting in real estate. I'm like, how do you love homes? Like, how do you like every home? Like, that's not what I love, but um, so I real estate, it was just a natural thing that fit with my personality and my training that I got from my ex-broker, so. Awesome. That's Actually, um, I wanted to um, ask the next question, Harma. Um, I, I feel like um, everyone knows Harma, like everyone wants to be associated with you. Uh, seems you like you uh, really value relationships. Um, any tips uh, you can give to our network on how, how to strengthen or maintain relationships with clients, colleagues, 
um, the way you've been doing it over the last uh, decade and a half? Um, thank you. Um, I will say that if you're planning to do this long-term, um, do the right thing, even though sometimes something else or fast respond or reactive or quick money can jeopardize that relationship. I think numbers don't lie in real estate. So I think if you are in real estate and you're going to do this for a long time, numbers don't lie and your reputation is not um, easy to build a good one. So it's very easy to have a bad one. And I just treated everyone equally, even though sometimes it was very hard. I just wanted to react or tell them, no, we're done or this discussion is over. I try to understand their part and long-term, I've been in this area, I built the company from nine agents up for, it's been 15 years, um, but I didn't go up there and try to be big too fast. So I will say that do the right thing and do slow because it comes back around. If you do this for a long time, it comes back around. I have agents that um, I have met, they're no longer in business and their family member is in business. And I have agents that, um, I have clients that are becoming agents. So if you do this for long term, it will fall back. But I will say that is one of the hardest things to do, to do the right thing all the time. And you just have to keep that in mind. So Harma, let me ask you, because it's been, uh, I think about 18 years since you started. Do you remember your first deal? Oh yeah, I do. So tell us how, how you got that and tell us a little bit about your first transaction. I was waiting for my test result. It was Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas. It was, it was middle of the week. And um, my ex-broker gave me um, a condo to do an open house. And so I would do, do an open house over the week because I, had, I was his assistant during the day. So every time end of the day, I would go and sit there. And a lady walked in. She used to work for Warner Brothers then. She walked in. You know, and it was the last condo conversion unit left. And she had just got uh, dumped or broken up, however, was whatever the story was then, by her boyfriend. And the boyfriend was gay and came out to her right before Christmas. And she was devastated. And she walked into my open house. She says, I'm ready to move on with my life and I want to buy this condo. Of course, I didn't come out to her then because I kept my mouth shut until I closed the transaction. But I helped her buy that condo. And that was my first. And I remember that I didn't even know how to write a purchase contract. And I called my broker and I said, can you help me? He said, there is no way there's a real buyer. Um, there's a Christmas Eve. And two days after in the office, she was there with a check. And I didn't know you're not allowed to touch the buyer's check this is for people who've been doing it for a long time you used to actually you know manage to get the check and i used i got the check and i said this is your condo and then my broker came in and helped me with the purchase contract Fantastic. and so you, you uh you you went ahead and and uh, since that deal have become you know obviously a, a very huge name in real estate was it your plan always once you got into real estate to to grow such a big brand and a, and a team in a region? Or is that just something that kind of happened on its own? 
No. Um, if you asked me 18 years ago, knowing what I knew then, would I be today where I am? No. I just, I knew it would be big. I just didn't know what it would. And I really don't think this is big. I, I think somebody very wise told me 15 years ago, 12 years ago said, gradually, 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 and then suddenly. So I don't think what I have done, it was sudden. It was very small, small move. Lots of disappointments and lots of no's. And lots of people said, Harma, are you joining this company? It's just like a church. They clap for each other. It's called Keller Williams. Don't go there. Go to Remax. Go to somewhere else. Don't go to this company. And I made, I took a risk and I moved there. And they said, don't, it's all about recruiting. It's a crappy company. And then um, I was told you can't sell in uh, West Side. You cannot sell in Calabasas. Then you cannot build a team. And I was like, I really don't know how to, but I will. And, you know, obviously I messed up for 10 years on that. So it was a lot of no's. And then someone looks from outside, they're like, oh, this is great. It's like, you know, it's a lot of small moves to get a big platform. Yeah, well, I, I know maybe you don't want to consider it uh, big, but uh, if I read correctly, in 2017, you had close to 900 agents and over 2.5 billion in transactions. I think that's pretty big. Uh, Thank you. So congratulations on that. That, that was very exciting. Um, so what, what separates now your team and, and, you know, Harma Real Estate, you have your own brand as Harma Real Estate. What separates you from, from the competition, from other offices? Why do agents, you know, want to join Harma? Well, we're still with Keller Williams. It's, yeah, we're still in the same umbrella. We, for last five years or six years, my team in Southern California has closed the most units and volume over and over every year. My, however, I I'd never had this 15, 20 people in my team, was just selective a few people. At the same time, I operated as an operating principal of the office. Um, last, two years ago, as we were transitioning, was going through my changes, we decided that maybe it's the right time to focus on growing the team within the company. I had several agents that they were doing a few hundred thousand dollars a year, very solid, good agents, and they wanted to get the, not necessarily be part of a team because a lot of people build a team because they want to get leads. And that is the worst thing you can do to build a team. So I, they wanted to be part of a platform that it will help them grow, net more, but be able to service more listings because listings gives you buyers. Listings will generate more listings, but buyers don't. So how do we get those agents to generate more listings? So I incorporated a Seeds of Success, which is a coaching to develop more listings and farming and a transaction coordinator who will take the file from the moment you take the listing all the way. And obviously there's a different structuring fee. And then I grow my team within the company. So I started attracting agents that are with production and they just want to go more because what I always talk about that you only have 12 hours a day and then you're, you're, the rest of 12 hours you eat, you shower and you sleep. So if you are making half a million a year and you want to go to 1 million, what are you going to do? Work for 19 hours? You can't. 
So you have to have a better systems and models. And it wasn't about Harma. It was, I'm not on the listings. It's about them. Because if you hire talent and they're good, but it's all about you as a team member, like you give me the listing, you go outside, they leave you. So I, I done that before and it didn't work. So then you hire buyer's agent and you become the listing agent all the time and you give them the leads and then they are not the best closers. And if they are the best closers, they want to be you. So I was like, okay, well, I will remove myself as a team lead and help them individually to grow. So that what it that has done changed the quality of the agents that join quote unquote Harma Real Estate with Keller Williams. Harma, by the way, which which office are you in right right now? Where are you talking to us from? Um, the one in Sherman Oaks on Dixie Canyon. Oh, wonderful. That's right by my office. Um, I have a question regarding to what you look for when you're um, recruiting new talent, when you're looking for new talent. To my team or like employees? For example, people that come on to Harma Real Estate. There are agents, they do really well and they're just not a match. Um, okay. Or I'm not a match for them. And first of all, and this is all my mistakes. It's not like I'm saying something because I read a book. Um, I don't get married fast anymore. We got a date for a very long time. I write mutual expectations. The lease grows and grows every time I make more mistakes. So we have a mutual expectations written down. Um, I look at people's past. It doesn't have to be just real estate, but if there is a bouncing going on, if in a personal relationships to vendor relationships, it's constantly a problem with someone else, but they're perfect. Because, you know, if five people say you're just whatever they call you at, it must be true because five, 10 people are calling you, the same problem is happening. So I look at that because I just don't want that to repeat in mind. And I believe one bad apple can damage the entire office. So that's, I've been very selective of that for my own team, as well as Keller Williams. Um, right now, our office is two locations, Dixie and Encino, and we are about 320 agents. And, and the culture is just amazing. Um, so we, I've been very selective of that. If you're speaking about employees, when you hire, um, I learned that every genius can do any, anything. They just don't do it too long if you place them in the wrong position. Uh -huh. So if I have no money right now and I'm broke, I have three kids. If I want to make I get them food, I will most probably steal if I have nowhere to make money. But um, I will do anything. But is that what people want to do? No. So when you hire someone who's desperate and wants a job, and you say, I like you, you like me, you like horses. I have, I have a horse. Great. Let's get married. You're even my employee. Get on, do a transaction coordination job. And what happens after all the files are missing and you're in trouble because of you hired and you made an emotional decision. So um, I do a behavior assessment and I position the person where they're at. So if it's a front desk position, if they're talkative, they can't be in front because they end up gossiping. They get hurt. If someone walks in and doesn't say hi, and most top producing agents are not very chatty. So then you hire a marketing person who's not detailed. Well, all the postcards will go out wrong and I have to eat the cost. So, um, so I, uh, the behavior is very important and the hiring process is pretty long.
I love great. that. I love that you say, uh, you know, we, we date for a while now. One of my coaches uh, taught me very early on that you, uh, you hire slow and you fire fast. When yeah, it's called match, de-hire. Yeah. And, 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 and that's a huge, that was a huge tip. And, and another thing is we're, we're always trying to hold on and we're always trying to make something work. It's in our nature to try to, you know, extend it. And, and that's sometimes a mistake. Uh, the, the one question that I was uh, taught to always ask myself is, would I hire you today knowing what I know about you now? And if the answer is no, there's no point of extending that relationship. Exactly. It takes a minute to fire, literally. If the answer is no, Knowing what you know, would you marry your wife? Knowing what you know, would you buy that car? Knowing what you know, would you hire that person you're in business with? If the answer is no, if it's your business partner, you turn, you say, hey, I love you. This is over. Because right. it's going to be over anyway, so you might as well just tell them. And then the pain starts sooner and you heal faster. Yeah. yeah can, we, can we actually chat about uh, what you're up to nowadays with... Uh, your new social media efforts, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I know you've got uh, your, you've got a YouTube channel of your own, right? Yes, we just started. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but yes. What, what's your goals um, with that? Is it to um, blogs, I, to hire? Ask me the question, hire what? What are the goals of having uh, that channel? Very good question. I don't think I have a goal besides deliver something bigger. I was approached a few times for different things from online shows or conversation with other or being in a flipping things that people do. And when I don't feel like I want to be in front of a camera or talk, be told what to do. But I had a producer who's been on me and asked me once that can I produce a video and then and my team constantly said oh my god that's what you said that was awesome you could just put that there and I'm like sometimes say things that if you don't know me it doesn't sound good you gotta know me and so I'm like you don't want to put that out there and people will take it wrong way and my producer said well if let's make some videos and go online and I said what if I do? I don't want anyone involved. And he said, well, you will make money. I said, I don't want it. What about if I don't want to make money? I just, I'll pay for the production. I just want my message to be out there correctly, my way. And that kind of was fun, the first couple of them. And it was like, okay, this is exciting. Then I noticed when I tried to be perfect, it messes up the whole thing. So I just made it more natural. And then I realized when I asked more producing people or I have one coming up on Tuesday about my coach who is extremely expensive and very expensive. So I was like, you know what, if I can just pay him and whatever he says, I'll put it back online. It will be free for a lot of people. And uh, the ultimate goal is same way that I started real estate. I didn't decide to do something big. I just thought if I do it the right way, big things will happen. Okay. You know, we haven't, we, no one said anything yet about COVID-19, Corona, nothing, which is, which is hilarious because usually it's the first thing we talk about, but I would like to bring that up. Um, and I'm sure everyone's going to have questions about that because uh, there's endless speculations on interest rates, prices, election year, uh, people realizing they need 
more space from being cooped up inside. Where do you feel that the market is heading? Um, you know, what are you, I guess, doing different or preventative or uh, where's your mind, where's your state of mind on, on COVID-19 now? Thanks, Chuck. I don't know anything about COVID-19. I have no comment of bad, good, what's happening. I, I, I'm not an expert about vaccines. I noticed a lot of my own agents have opinion Sounds like they're working on the vaccine themselves at home. <laughs> I, it's weird. I don't have any opinion. I'm not an expert at it. But I do know that we were heading to recession. There were a lot of people not paying their mortgages. And then COVID came. So now it's COVID's fault. A lot of businesses were na not making money. They were acting they do. But now it's going to be COVID's fault. Um, what I think this has done is gonna just slips us faster to get where we were going to go. We were in a good, better position because of the um, election. Once the election was over, we were, we were going to have a correction. I don't think it will be as bad as 2007, but I do believe we're going to have a correction. If you just take the zip code in 91604 in city city, 2018 to 2019, we went from 2.4% to 4.5% in NODs. That was before COVID. That was January. Now yeah. it's much higher. So uh, when people blame that, I'm, I mean, we haven't even seen the consequences of people being furloughed and losing their job. And I do believe what COVID-19 will do will help um, people adjust their life and will also affect people with de-risking. They won't risk anymore opening a restaurant. I'm, I'm, let's me, let me take a little bit of line of credit out, which we know that's gonna go out. Uh, it's already out. So if people cannot take line of credit, they won't be able to take the risks. And a lot of people will be moving around. I'm not saying there is no sales. It will be a lot of transactions, but those sellers that they wanted to flip their first home and they knew what they were doing, but the truth is they didn't, but they told people they do, they will stop doing flipping. They go back to what they were good at. So people will have to develop a skill set that what they're good at and focus on one thing. Not everyone can make money in real estate. And that will adjust. We need that because it just went up way too far. Um, I have received just, just, I will say the month of May, I received over 150 BPOs the month, the entire year from January to now, I received more BPOs for, I'm, I'm assuming everybody knows what that is, than I received 17, 18, 19 combined. Wow. So uh, I think if you're an agent listening to this, you better develop a skill set to not go um, during a red, uh, red light, like, what's going on with short sale when the seller says I'm upside down, you better know what that means so you can get the listing and help them through the process. You better learn how to write a purchase contract for a foreclosure on REO and not look like an idiot in, in front of another REO agent so you can get your offer accepted. Um, you should say yes to every single buyers out there. If they're 5% to first time buyer to downside the people who downsize because they will be gold. And I think, we should be prepared for that. I um, think our bo uh, uh, local board of associations will have an adjustment in membership. and But I don't think we're going to have that as bad as 2007. So that actually leads me to, to the next question. Um, 
you kind of set that up perfectly for me. So do you see similarities to the 2007, eight crash with what's going on now? And are you doing things that you did back then to kind of survive those times? Uh, me as an agent or, or overall yeah. the consumer? Yeah, you, you, you as an agent and, and even as a team leader. Absolutely. So um, when I walk into my office and I see every single agent who's been in the business for a few years, they sold their Japanese car and they got a German car. I know we're going to have a correction. <laughs> That's when an agent who just closed six deals and the next thing I know, they have a bench ads or they have a shopping carts and they have never gone to Fiji, but they're going to Fiji. I know there's a correction. Um, I know that people that they have pulled back an advertisement because properties are selling, they don't need to spend too much and they budgeted for upcoming challenging market to market themselves so they will be the leading agent. That's where I know there's a correction. I have um, been smart. Um, I have an amazing team leader, CEO that um, he chose to be in business with me. And he's one of the lowest paid managers anywhere in Keller Williams. And I won't pay more. And he knows. And from first day, I told him, I said, you can go with two different offices and you will make a lot more money. He deserves it. I just can't pay. Because if I stay out of my budget, I have to consolidate, which by the way, I didn't know what that word was 20 years ago when I was learning English. I was joining Remax in Studio City and they consolidated the next day. So I had to Google that word and I was like, oh my God, that means shutting down. So I was like, I am never going to consolidate. So I don't pay a lot because I know that what's going to happen. And we've been um, trying to make sure that our rent, our cleaning crew, our, the water bottles that we give out to clients Every aspect of our business is like minimized so we can create this, uh, because it's not about how much you make, right? It's about how much you keep and we need to prepare for what's coming. So I never paid a lot, so I don't have to layoffs. However, COVID came faster than what I thought. So it, it did affect us in a sense of that we got to do much faster. We got to be more proactive. I have to have, because every time recession comes, you talk, have a talk with your landlords, right? Like, hey, I need you to reduce this or I'm going to do this. I made that call that I was supposed to make in 2021 sooner. But ultimately, my mindset hasn't changed in the fact that we were supposed to do this. Got it. So, Harma, I, I, I want to respect, obviously, your time and still give uh, everybody here a chance. So I'm going to open it up here in a second. Uh, so start thinking of your questions. But I do want to ask you one final question uh, before I open it up. Um, if you can pick just one tip of the many strategies and, and tactics that you know about, if you could just pick one tip that can help agents go out there and get business immediately, what would be the one tip you would give an agent? Doesn't have to be one. Can I give like a few? You can give a few. <laughs> um Number one, don't talk to someone who doesn't have a business. They're not qualified to teach you anything. Two, don't sell homes to people you know. Sell homes to people you don't know. Much easier. They don't expect commission back. And you become wealthy. Because if you sell to people you know, 
you you don't know so many people, no matter who you are. So stop acting you do. Um, and last thing, stop if you, if you're new, especially don't assume. Um, I can't stand this word. Of course, I don't say it out loud, but here you go. Anyone who doesn't know me might not like this, but please don't lie to yourself that I um, I'm very good in social media. You're not good. And your social media is not selling your home because if you pull the top five agent in the market, their listings goes on social media. They got it before they were in social media. So stop saying that's going to help you. Just psychologically, you're lying because you don't want to lead generate. So get on call or knock, which is hopefully soon you can knock, but whatever you need to do, get to know people you don't know and sell them the home. And I, if you want to be wealthy, that's it. That's, that's, that's a great tip. Uh, I actually back that up. I agree with that. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, if you guys want to either do the reaction or just kind of raise your hand and I'll go ahead and unmute you. Uh, whoever has questions, please feel free. All right. It looks like uh, Michelle, Michelle. Wells. Uh, go ahead and unmute yourself. There you go. I'm unmuted. Hi, guys. Um, Hi. In your opinion, what decrease in value do you think we can expect over the next 12 months? I'm sorry, was the question for me? Yeah, yeah. the question, the question was what decrease in value can you, uh, do you expect over the next 12 to 18 months? I will give you the general. I will say 10 to 20% depends which market share you're in. I give you an example on a $2.4 million listing that I have right now and the seller says, I want to reduce 100K. Like you may as well just increase it 100K. Who cares? No one is going to look at it for 2.4 to 2.3. Right. So do you see what I'm saying? So if the price percentage on that is going to be a lot higher than a Tarzana condo that is like 490 um, now it's sold, but it was 525. So I will say 5% by end of the year, but next year to 18 months, 10 to 20% depends which city or zip code you're looking at. Got it. Thank you. You're welcome. Next question. Who's got one? Rosalina, I'm betting on you. Okay. Where is it? Go ahead. I just uh, left everyone to try to ask questions, but okay. Hi, Armat. Uh, so my question to you is you probably hear it every day from your agent uh, that buyers are saying, should I wait or should I buy now? I tell my clients to buy now because the rates are very good for buyers and they feel like it's going to be like a crisis. The prices will go down. Um, how do you deal with this uh, challenging with buyers? And at the same time with sellers that are afraid to put their houses in the market, they want to sell, but they want to wait until it's gonna go away, until everyone goes back to work. What about you and your role play? Yeah, buyers and sellers. I understand. What about you and your role play? You're the buyer, I'm the agent. You're purchasing a $800,000 home, doesn't matter where. And you just said, should I wait? Like they expect, I want to wait. Maybe the prices will go down. Of course it will. So why, can I ask you something? Why have you been looking if you know it's going down? 
I'm trying to get the best price. Like if price is today 800, maybe in two months, they will sell it for 600, like the crazy buyers answering. Mm -hmm. Well, if it's crazy, you walk away. But if it's not, if it's realistic, it says 800, it will drop and say, I, first I will agree because you can have their point of view, right? You have an empathy, so you understand them. Then you will, the sell technique. And then you will say that, let me ask you something. Rates are low, they say it's gonna go higher, but forget about what's gonna happen there. You have a job right now. If something changes with your job, you won't be able to purchase, correct? Yes. So if, if and rates are low, do you agree with me? Yes. So if I help you find a home that is 800 today and you get it for 750, and I can promise you there is any, I'm just saying if I can help you and you are happy to move in, 12 months from now, every house on the street is 750, but you've been living in it happily. You don't have to worry about what's happening in the market. Your family is safe, and this is not an investment. Because if your property at 750 that you purchased 10 years from now goes to 7 million, you're not the only one went to 7 million. Your entire street went to 7 million. So who cares? Will you be happy if I help you and put you in escrow in the next three months? But if I don't find anything that is a good deal, I don't think you should buy. Yeah, I, I tell that to my clients. It's just that a is, question that, that I wanted to solid. get that from you, like to confirm. Yeah. Thank you. That and go to their, their why. Like put, if they have a family and kids, in the gear, let's say you have a daughter and your daughter's name is Allison. And Allison has, it's just small you live in a small condo and you want to buy this house. And so let me ask you something. If Allison has a bedroom that is private and she can come out and play, and while the crazy things are happening, election is happening, rates is up and down, and you have a home, but you got it in a good price, would that make you and Allison happy? Yeah. I'll, I'll go back to their big why. To the person point, yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. if you're a seller and say, I want to wait, and just say, listen, I am not wealthy. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I think Warren Buffett, we can agree that knows what he's talking about, correct? And Warren Buffett says, if you can own it for 10 years, don't own it for 10 minutes. So if you're gonna sell it in a year, I can promise you that it will not be for what you're asking today. But let me pull something. I'll pull my MLS, I'm like, you're in 91604, Right now, there's 22 actives, and I'm not even putting criteria. This is a home from 1,000 square feet to five, 22 homes. And then um, check the active and go ahead and push hold. And just say, look how many homes are on hold. Mm -hmm. They're all coming in. That will make 22 actives to 39. If you are looking to purchase, how many more homes do you think I will be showing you in two months from now? Today, you have less competition. And hold on, one more thing, NODs has increased. That means, I'm sure if you don't know, this is foreclosures. Do you remember 2007, 10-year cycle? We passed 2017. We are way overdue for that. And I honestly, I'm not from this uh, America for 100 years. I moved here 20 years ago, but I'm smart enough to study. For last 50 years, every 10 years, we had the correction. So... Anyone can know that. So now I'm doing, I'm setting up the seller in a direction that if they disagree with me, they look stupid. Mm -hmm. So I'll say every 10 years of a correction, 1992, 2002, then 2007, came short, uh, shorter, now it's a little bit longer. So we have the correction. 
So do you think we're going to have a recession? So now, and then when you ask the question, you shut up. And then they're, they have to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And if they said, no, I don't know, my cousin is an agent, I will say, listen, it was great knowing you get the hell out of there because you, you're not a seller's lady. That's great advice. Um, Iris, you have a question. You raise your hand. Go ahead. Hi, Halma. Iris Goldstein. Hi, Chris, Iris. How are you? How are you? Good, good, good. I'm here to, I'm glad to hear you, but uh, I actually watching a lot of uh, news and I'm uh, working with a lot of uh, people and I, I have to say something that uh, I don't think that there is a connection between recession and the whole I've been here and it's not uh, even closer to that and it's not the same situation for many reasons. And when I'm talking to my client, I'm telling them this is the best time to buy. And they actually kind of the opposite of what you say, because we do have so many elements here, like the buyer demand is higher, the interest rate higher. You know, the 78% of America have equity in the house, 42% of people own the house, 100%, 17 people have a equity, the average equity in the houses is 177. In 2007, the peak was 2007, on October 2007, people had houses with zero, 3%, zero. Even I could sell a house to a dog, you know? And, uh, and that's the difference. And the NOD and all the foreclosure that you may see or the, or the BPO that you're saying, I think that the bank wants to, saw, to see what is the, the, the what is the value, but there is nothing really in the market right now. So if, if someone wants to buy a house, definitely yes. And the reason that there is a lot of people now that hysterical. And this moment, they think that the market will go crash like you and they're willing to reduce the price. So yes, it's the best time to buy. And second, any client that you have, you're always telling them, if you can buy an afford now, you buy it now and the reason it that you secure, the, you secure a house to you and your family for three and a half percent fixed. It's nothing, it's no money. Iris, is this leading to a question? Do you have a question for Harma? Uh, the question is, uh, no, actually, I just wanted to say that I uh, definitely think that this is the best time to buy. Thank, thank you for that. I, I wanna just go back. I think the statements you made, some of them I agree but there are five of them together. So just going back, is this the best time to buy? If you are employed and you're getting W-2 and you have a solid job, you can negotiate now and get at the best rate and get a great price. So I did, I'm not denying it's not the right time to buy. And I'm not saying we're going to have a crash of 50% reduction, but here what has happened, and I'm only speaking on my experience, I receive more are your listings that it is in the market. If you just pull the listings, how many foreclosures and ARIOs are in the market now than we have last year this time, it shows their market condition has changed. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to have as many as we used to have because I'm sure the banks will look at it differently. I'm not a bank, but I have received a call from a bank that says, your ENO insurance policy is expired for 2007. And I'm like, of course it is. It was like, we are re rebuilding our network of REOs. Well, do you still service this area? 
I never got that call last five years ago. And I talk to other angels that they have that. I rather take the chance, prepare myself for what might come. And if it doesn't have a really good income, then versus to just assume they might not. Because right now, our office alone took 69 listings in month of May. That is amazing for considering the condition of we're in. But I believe we're going to have a softer market just because um, people that I know in the entertainment industry, this is our market, I'm not talking about national, they are people that they have to make a lot of money, they will not be making the same amount of money. So if they were about to buy, their price just dropped or they will stop buying because they're worried about their end of the year bonuses. If you were for ABC, you work for Disney, you work for Fox, for any of those studios. And anyone who was in production for producing anything, they haven't made any money. So it's unlikely they will move forward with their purchases. I know for a fact, two people have canceled. So when I look at that, I assume market will have a correction. It might not be as much, but it will be some, that's just my opinion, you know, and I, I, I love you. I respect you. I think you're an amazing agent. I, I'm not questioning your thoughts. I just have a different opinion when it comes to 2021 correction. Okay. I think uh, Chantal, uh, you guys have a question over there. Yeah. Well, I also, I, you know, just listening to all this, I wanted to add the memorandum that's been put on, um, you know, that right now during this whole stay at home order and the people that aren't able to be making their mortgage payments, mm -hmm. they have to make their mortgage payments. And that's going to, that's going to create a huge problem in the market with people that don't have jobs, can't pay, pay their mortgage. And, you know, it's, that's aiming towards the market crash, I think as well. Yeah, and, and thank you for saying that. So I, again, I don't want, I usually don't like to be an expert in anything. I just like to benefit from the opportunity. So I will say that I do believe there will be people that they cannot keep their lifestyle anymore. There will be attorneys, i give you an example. There will be attorneys that they cannot bill hours and hours they used to with seven other attorneys. If they're, I have one, that attorney's paying 9,000 in a commercial um, lease for his practice, but he wants to purchase a property and he has to go to hard money now because the completely the production of their entire team has dropped. So that person who's the lender didn't lender wants to make sure this loan, uh, the lawyers qualified to purchase a $2 million home, but yet the um, landlord gave him a lease for $9,000 without qualifying him. Now he's like thinking about bringing another uh, attorney to share the space because he can't keep it. So the same guy now cannot purchase a two million unless he has a um, hard money lender and he doesn't have more than 20%, even though he has a big, so these people will trickle down. They will, you won't see them now, but we will see the correction and um, in 2021. Absolutely, I totally so um, unless there's any other questions, I, I want to go ahead and uh, we'd like to finish uh, each segment uh, on a positive note and uh, let anybody announce any wins they had for the week. Uh, Harma, we're going to ask you here in a second also if you have any wins for the week.
Uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off. We actually, uh, last week we had Realtor.com on the show with us. Uh, we recently started in our, in our lending practice, uh, my partner Michelle and I, we started a small campaign just to kind of test the market for purchase transactions. Uh, we've already gotten a few customers that are interested, ready to move forward. Uh, I believe Michelle, and, and I'll go ahead and unmute you so that you can maybe talk about this. But I believe we even have a customer that we need to find a realtor to hand it off to. So we're starting to see that there's a little bit more confidence coming into the market. Uh, Michelle, do you want to share some of the information briefly on that? Yeah. So um, we just started it uh, last Saturday and we've already had amazing success. I don't know if it's my great scripting, just kidding. Or uh, if people are just being really receptive to uh, over the phone, Zoom meetings and things like that. So we've been able to place a couple, but we do right now have two that we need to place. Somebody in Alameda County and somebody in the Kern County. So if anybody has a referral for us, that would be great. Yeah, and that's part of uh, obviously uh, connecting here with realtors and, and really bringing and creating this community, as Chuck always says every week. Um, so if anybody here, either themselves or through uh, partner offices can earn some kind of a referral fee and connect us with an agent, uh, please, uh, please connect with either Michelle and myself afterwards. We have a client ready to go and they're actually super excited. So we need to do this today if possible. Um, anybody else have a win they'd like to share? Uh, it looks like you guys are trying over there. All right. Are we up? Yep. All right. <laughs> we have actually a really interesting opportunity for some people who are interested in buying property in British Columbia. Very of course, beautiful. very beautiful property. Uh, there's a couple houses already built, but there's also a lot that isn't built. And um, it's a gated community. It's a gated community and lakefront, lake property, absolutely. And uh, this is this is kind of outside of our normal realm, but it is something we're working on and trying to figure out how to assist in uh, making this happen. So if anybody has any in British who wants to live or buy property in British Columbia, let us know. <laughs> that, that's a unique, definitely a unique one. It's a beautiful. It's not only a. The property itself is not beautiful, but the homes were built um, by um, a German builder. It was a German couple that emigrated to Canada. They bought the land. They bought actually uh, 30 lots, lots. And five acres, and they developed it. And they only built a few homes, and now they moved away and they're selling them. Wonderful. Any, um, uh, we should, um, I know we, I know we're going to talk about uh, another win. Um, and then um, we're going to talk another win, about another win, and then we wanted to kind of wrap things up. There was uh, an announcement we wanted to make about next week. So Correct. So, Parma, do you have a win you'd like to share from this week? Yes. Um, I have Michelle Hirsch and Erica. They joined us yesterday, and that was a huge compliment. So um, I think that's a huge win for our office and personally for me. So that's my big yeah, announcement. We love I, lo I yeah. love Michelle Hirsch. Uh, we've been on a couple panels together. She is an amazing addition to your team. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. 
All right. Very good. So, Chuck, you want to uh, announce uh, next week and then uh, we can wrap things up? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually kind of a win because, because we've been, I've been chasing um, uh, this, uh, the, the state president for uh, the Women's Council of Realtors, California. I believe there are about 12,000 strong. They're all women. Um, and we have the, uh, the founder. Her name is Eileen. She's going to be with us next week. Lior is not going to be, be with us next week, but I'll be doing it with Michelle. Uh, Michelle with one L. Um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll chat with her next week and pick her brain a little bit. So it's uh, it's a win for for women in real estate, I would say. Yes, yeah, so women it's come awesome. strong and bring your questions. Uh, Harma, I want to thank you. It doesn't go unnoticed that you take the time out of your day to share with us. Uh, this was incredible. So thank you so much, uh, and thank you everybody for taking the time to join us. We will see you guys all next week, same place, same time. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Hama. Bye, everyone. Stay safe. Bye, guys.